Welcome to the Venley Expert Talks, where we aim to inspire Web3 builders with great stories from great minds. I'm your host, Alexandra Ahrens, and I'd like to remind you that you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, or LinkedIn with ideas for the podcast and questions for our guests. Welcome to episode 38 of the Venley Expert Talks. Today I'm joined by Charles Story, co-founder and head of growth, and Carol Yumi, head of marketing at Future. We are going to be talking about crypto index funds, avoiding common investment mistakes. So welcome, guys. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. Great. Then, yeah, I would like to start out with your guys' background and kind of how you got into the space. Maybe we can start out with Charles. Yeah, great. So my name is Charles Story. I am the co-founder and growth leader at Future. My background, um, I've been in the crypto space since 2016. Uh, I was a partner at a very uh, early stage venture capital firm based in London. We deploy capital into seed Series A firms. Back in 2016, we were approached by Block One, the creators of EOS, to be a part of their billion-dollar venture syndicate, along with Galaxy Digital. Uh, we joined that. The mandate of that fund was each portfolio company had to have an element of blockchain um, within within their kind of building out presence. Um, in this fund, we invested in a variety of different sectors from kind of early stage NFTs. Uh, we were an investor in Mythical Games, which is kind of getting a bit of traction now. VR, ad tech, supply chain solutions, um, and more crypto focused firms like Quantstamp being one of our portfolio companies, which is very much focused on the space and, and kind of the foundations of it. So my role was to go out into the universe, source amazing deals. Uh, there we co-invest alongside Google Ventures, Alibaba, SoftBank, and a ton of kind of large tier investors. Um, myself and, and my colleague back then, we were started kind of jamming on what the space needs to allow capital to be allocated into its sectors and ecosystems for the mass audience out there. So we looked at traditional finance uh, and when we started looking at that, we, we started to realize that indexes play a huge role. Um, and in 2020, we, we saw that passive uh, investments weren't really being catered to within the crypto ecosystem. Um, and we felt that's how you unlocked the mass audience to participate into the sector and the ecosystem as a whole. Um, and that's something we're really looking forward to getting into today. Yeah, definitely. We're going to jump into this origin story a little bit in a second, but maybe Carl, you can give us your backstory. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm Carol. Um, I lead marketing here at Future. I'm actually from Brazil. Um, I've lived in a couple of countries in London recently, and I'm currently in Switzerland. Um, I joined Future um, a little less than a year ago, and before my um, before my my experience here in Web three, I actually I used to be a marketer in Web two, in a fintech, um, and uh, my background is just uh, helping challenger banks uh, build their marketing and their growth from from scratch. Um, so um, I'm excited to to join what I believe is now the next frontier um, of, of finance. Um, and this is one of the reasons why I was so excited to join, to join Future and, um, and just help the team create um, easier ways for people to get exposure to the space. Very cool. Very cool. Wonderful. Then, yeah, um, let's go into Future. Can you tell us what it is? Introduce it for anyone who's never heard of you guys. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to get, give a first stab at this. What I find really useful is to give a bit of context to indexes, and that really kind of helps describe what we're up to. So if we look at traditional finance and we focus on the global equity market, um, which is valued around $96 trillion, 
18% of that capital was held in indexes. Right now in crypto, if we look at, let's say, DeFi, which is just one sector, it's 0.6% of total AUM, right? It's very, very low. Now, if we look at a bigger number, that dramatically drops as we look at the space as a whole. Um, so why indexes? So if we go to, or if you go to any kind of financial advisor um, and say, you know, I want to invest in equities or you know, stocks, what should I buy? Nine times out of 10, I'll suggest to buy an index. Um, over a 20-year period, 94% of all active managers, hedge funds, family offices, the smartest guys out there with unlimited capital can't outperform the S&P 500. But in crypto, that, that kind of hasn't really existed, the ability for people to invest into that, which is a key piece of infrastructure initial finance. And that really brings us to future and what we're up to. So future allows you to create and invest in a basket of crypto assets, or as we call them, indexes. Now, this is a really big deal because if you believe in, let's say, DeFi, but you don't have all the time to monitor each project because uh, you have a full-time job or you're interested in NFTs or following what's happening with Cosmos, um, it's really tricky to allocate your capital. Where do you allocate it to? So the smartest thing to do is not to look for the needle on the haystack, is just to buy the haystack. So we've got two products of future. We have the Future DeFi Index, PDI, which is the first on-chain index that allows investors to benefit from the yield uh, that index generates, um, which is the whole point of DeFi. And I think it's kind of crazy that people invest into indexes that don't do that. Now, that's a sector-focused index. The second is the Colony Avalanche Index, or CHI. Now, this is a really exciting product. CHI gives you exposure to the Avalanche ecosystem as a whole. So if you believe in Avalanche and you believe it's going to work out and be really big one day, then this is the perfect way to do so. So with our products, you have to really ask yourself, you know, do I believe in, let's say, DeFi? Or do I believe in Avalanche? Um, both products follow a very stringent methodology, um, which looks at market cap and volume. Um, we can get into that a bit later on as well. But that's a little bit about future. And hopefully we've given a bit of context there. And Carol, feel free to jump in anywhere that I've, I've missed or maybe gone over. Um, I, I think I think you did a good job, Charles, um, giving an overview of what we do and, and how um, how people can come in and utilize indices to get exposure to crypto. Um, and I think there, there's another side to this, uh, just adding on, on what you said, that um, for, for people coming in new, it's a great, great way for you to buy the entire haystack, as, as Charles is saying. But even for people that are already in the space um, and want to continue improving their portfolio and maximizing efficiency, the indices that we're building on chain, they also do that. So it's not just for somebody that is coming new. It's also for the experts that know how to manage, the, manage their portfolio and that also know that the best way for them to really take the edge um, and make sure that all of their returns are being captured um, these these structured products are also a really good uh, really good option for those. Cool, wonderful. Yeah, I want to touch a little bit more on some of those points here in a second, but maybe first, can you tell me? Do you have any big plans? Anything in the works that you can tell us about for uh, for future and investments over the coming months and years? Yeah. Um, well, I guess the obvious one is that we've um, we've announced recently that we're going to launch a new product, a new product line, actually, that um, is interest earning. Uh, we're calling it the Savings Vault. Um, it's already on our website. It's already all on our socials. People can pre-register um, for this product line. And uh, we're going to launch the, the very first product in this new line Um in just a little while, it's just around the corner. So uh, I would say that's the that's the next big thing that we're doing, and I'll I'll let you take um, the more of the future ones um, for you, Charles. 
Right. So for us, we're building out products, continuing to kind of deliver and innovate on what exists out there already. We want to continually better the space and grow the space as a whole. We want more people to come in. We don't particularly mind if they come into us or a competitor. We just want more exposure for us as a whole. Um, and that's really our view. We understand that if we grow the pie, everybody wins. We're not looking to kind of compete over one or two users from other competitors. That doesn't really make sense for us. So we're focusing on delivering products, and then we're going to be focused on scaling those, beginning to kind of think about that. We've got some some really big things coming up for that. And then on the investment part, we'll probably be looking for investment later down the line on, on that path. Sure. Um, so that gives you kind of, kind of an overview there. Yeah, Perfect. Perfect. Okay, cool. Let's jump fully into uh, crypto index funds here. Um, and maybe we can take a step back. And I would love it if you could explain index funds for someone who has never heard about index funds or <laughs> really knows anything about investing at all. Yeah. Um, let me take a step at that and, uh, and then you can come in, uh, Charles. So a really simple way to understand an index fund is to compare it to a fruit salad. Now bear with me. So um, if you want to eat a fruit salad, you can go to the supermarket and buy all the different fruits yourself. You didn't have to chop it up, peel it, make sure that you're mixing the ingredients, that it's just well balanced and it's not all tasting like banana or something. Um, so you need, you need to put in that work. That's one way to eat a fruit salad. You, you do it yourself and you buy the fruits um, yourself. The other way is you go to, to the grocery store somewhere and you buy the package of the fruit salad ready to go. So you have a bit of apple, a little bit of grapes, you have banana, etc. And it's already balanced to give you the best flavor. So it's not too bitter, not too citric, not too sweet. So it's already done for you in an optimal way. The index fund, it's like buying the fruit salad ready to go. It's much easier for you, saves you time. It's already well balanced. And somebody that understands it has done the active chopping and selection of the fruits for you. Um, so that's a, that's a really simple, really basic, non-financial way of explaining um, what an index fund is. And um, so what happens now, now talking about the actual um, financial market, um, if you want to invest in, say, three or four different um, stocks in the traditional, traditional market or in three or four different tokens in Web3, you might have to go yourself. Um, think about how much money you have, how much do you allocate for each one, depending on your risk appetite. And then if the market changes in a month, you need to go back, see if you need to change it. If you want to sell, if you want to buy, what is the right time to come in and come out? Um, you need to assess for gas fees as you go. Um, but if you come in and you buy one of our index funds, for example, this has been done for you. We've, we've selected um, the assets um, with our rigorous methodology. It's already balanced every single month. Um, so we add and remove tokens that are within the methodology. We also reweight, um, making sure that we're always on track with the market. Is that a, is that a good overview, something that explains it in a simple way? Yeah, I love it. I love the fruit salad. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, do you want to add um, to, to that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you did a good job there. Um, you know, in, in very simple terms, as, as kind of Carol's already pointed out, an index is essentially a basket of assets that follows a strategy. 
In most cases, it follows a market cap weighting. So if you look at the FTSE 100 here in the UK, which is the top 100 companies or the S&P 500, like that's normally what we see. So what we're now seeing in crypto terms is looking at a sector like DeFi or an ecosystem like Avalanche and then following a set methodology, market cap weighting in our case, and then essentially tracking those assets and then taking in and out every rebalancing based on, on the methodology. Simple as that. Good. Are there any major differences that you would like to point out between traditional funds and crypto? Um, I think there are a few. Um, I, I can take this and Charles, please come in as well. Um, the main one that is very obvious for me is that in crypto and Web3, there are multiple types of assets that we can create indices with. There are governance tokens, there are NFTs, there are, there are a bunch of type of, of assets that we can create with. And in traditional finance, it's just stocks. Um, so there's a lot more room for growth and creativity and opportunity when you look at indices in Web3. Charles, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I would say... Um... Like there's a few points here. One is not everyone can invest into a TradFi index. Now, that depends on your location, your net worth. You may not be allowed to participate. With Future, you can participate with as little as a dollar. So this is really open to anyone that has an internet connection, wherever they are in the world. The second is control of your assets. So what happens if, let's say, the TradFi firm has a liquidity crisis? They may freeze your assets. You know, this can't happen with Future. When Celsius uh, went over, who did they pay first? They paid all the DeFi protocols. Um, and that's one of the beauties of DeFi. It's a kind of a trustless system. Um, I think the third point is, you know, we're building in the ability for governance to take place within the protocols. So let's say if you hold PDI, you should be able to have a say over the assets within, within PDI and what they do. So by you holding kind of a proxy token, which is PDI, which is backed by these assets, you should be able to have active governance in what they do. You don't really get that with, with, um, with traditional equities. And in the case of PDI and Kai, you also get the interest earned from the assets that you hold. Now, that's really exciting. If you look at something like the S&P, they, they have very cheap fees. It's very cost effective. But what they will do is they make money from lending out the money to hedge funds, money managers out there who take long and short positions on the market. And you don't really benefit from that. In the case of PDI and Kai, you benefit from, from the activation of your capital within that. And I think that's really exciting and one of the, one of the key components of an on-chain index. Definitely. Sounds great. So what are the downsides? <laughs> I mean, the, the downside is that, there, you know, anything on chain has, has smart contract risk. Um, and, and that is just part of part of, you know, the industry as a whole. Um, and, and, and ways you kind of mitigate that are to undergo audits. So we've undergone three different audits with Certix, C4 and PeckShield. Uh, we've audited every part of a protocol, we've battle tested it, stress tested it. Um, and they're the risk that you 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 ha like have to mitigate at the beginning to make everybody feel comfortable. But you know, listen, time will prevail, and you know, the longer you're in business, the longer you're out there, the more battle tested you become. So I think that's probably the one of the main risks out there. And we we implore people to to do their research, to check out audit reports if if you're inclined to do so, and get a feel for, for what you're getting involved in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I add to that, Charles? Um, I sure. agree with everything that you mentioned. Um, something else that it's um, a downside of an on-chain index at the current moment, and that's changing very quickly, is that the entire experience is, is a little bit clunkier. So you need to have an on-chain wallet, you need to connect. There's no like messaging system that is super um, uh, widespread. So like the communication with the investor is not as straightforward as it is. 
Um, so like say you invest in, um, in, in PDI, one of our indices, uh, the way that we have to, um, communicate you of the rebalancing of the performance and everything is through our newsletter so you need to give us your email or through our socials or through pr but it's not that correlated like you you might not get every single person that has um that has bought into it and the reason why i'm bringing this up is there are already a bunch of projects working on precisely those things that i'm saying on wallets with better experience uh, that just makes it a lot easier for whoever whoever is using it. Messaging systems that connect the wallet. So um, all of these things are being tackled by the Web3 entrepreneurs. And I'm sure that in a very short time, the experience is going to come to the same level um, as what we see in traditional finance. It just has been in the market for, for a lot longer. But um, crypto is very quickly catching up. So, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of leads to the next thing here, which is, with traditional finance, we've we've seen the index funds that have they've been around for a while. So why would you say it's been in crypto that it's mostly been about active investments up till this point? Why is it just starting to to turn? Yeah, I think the only option in crypto thus far has has only been active, mm-hmm. right? When you had Bitcoin, you could only buy it. When you had Ethereum, you could only buy it. Then you had kind of the ICO wave, you could only buy it. <laughs> you know, that's been the only option. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still building out. I think a lot of people still think we're further ahead than we are as a space. We're still very early. I was reading the other day a statistic that there are 105 million active daily crypto users, right? Which is very small. If you look at the internet, it's 5.3 billion. Now, the good news is we have 105 daily active users. That's good. That shows that's real utility and real use case. <laughs> we're still, you know, miles off where we're going to be. So it's still very early. We're building out the infrastructure. I think that we have improved as a space tenfold from when we were a year ago, two years ago. Um, but, you know, we're at a position where we're very much innovating within passive investing. We're not looking to kind of change the, the core principles, but we're looking to better the experience. And it does drastically change in Web3. You can't just apply the same principles. And at the beginning of, of, of kind of index investing in Web3, you saw folks out there, I'm not going to mention any names, that essentially set up like an offshore fund they would manage everything but then you have the the problem of you have to trust them you have to go through their kyc process and it's kind of well that's not really what this is all about um and they also weren't able to kind of you know capture the value that 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 we can um so i think that's been one of the reasons but we're starting to see that turnaround and you know we do everything we can to promote the space to bring more attention to it and not just for us for everyone in it um so what would make someone prefer an index fund in crypto rather than kind of doing the crypto trading as they have been, where, you know, you maybe have a, a bit better chance of finding that needle if you're really looking um, <laughs> rather than buying that whole haystack? It depends who you are. So I think for new people coming into the space, um, there is a great saying um, saying that 90% of their traders lose 90% of their money in the first 90 days. Um, and that's true. You know, people who, who get in, don't really understand what they're doing, want to get exposure to DeFi or Avalanche, you know, but don't really know how to allocate their capital. What do they buy? And when you're new to the space, it's really tough to navigate through that. You're going to get burned. You're going to be put rugged on some liquidity pair. Like there's going to be things that take place. We can prevent all of that by investing into an index. For existing investors in the space, that, by the way, is our biggest our biggest market at the minute from, from a user standpoint. Um, we're not really seeing many new people. We're seeing existing people come in. It's because they don't have the time to manage their risk. 
And what I mean by that is I think our index PDR has like 10 or 11 assets in it at the minute. Now to manage and understand what each of those assets are doing on a day-to-day basis and to then carry out, manage the strategy, manage the risk, and then on a monthly basis, trim that position, add to it, is very timely. Plus, it's cost it's not cost effective. You've got to pay the gas fees. You've got to swift things around. Then you might just get lazy one month, and then all of a sudden you've missed out. Then one project's come down in value drastically, or the liquidity's drained up. You can be in a pretty um, unpretty situation from that. So what we're seeing is a lot of experienced people knowing, I believe in DeFi. I, I, I know it's going to work out. Let me just invest in PDI. Because, you know, then I don't have to manage everything. I can focus on looking at what's going on with Avalanche or Cosmos or whatever. And yeah, I can come back to it. I can redeem it for the assets. I can redeem it for the dollar value. And it's just a great barometer and a benchmark for me to, to, to deploy capsule into. Um, and we're seeing a lot of that. Yeah, makes sense. You kind of <laughs> said there with um, non-indices investing, um, taking a day off could be a very bad choice for you. Um, with that and and other things that you might see, what are some really common mistakes that you see people make while investing in either direction in crypto? Um, a lot of the mistakes that we see are related to human emotions, greed and fear. So if you see the prices going up, you think, oh, now is the time to buy, but then you're actually buying at the peak. Or you do the opposite. You see prices going down and you, you panic and you sell at the bottom. Uh, so a lot of these emotions, you see your friends maybe jumping into a project you don't really know. So you just follow the herd. Um, there's so many emotional things that play out um, in finances that are not beneficial uh, for whoever whoever is trying to invest. And with indices, you just remove that mistake. There's no emotion. You, you put in, you invest in an index. It's easier for you to get discipline instead of selling out um, at, at a time that you're a little bit more nervous. Um, and um, something else that people don't always understand in the beginning is that trying to time the market, the peaks of the prices, the peaks and bottoms of the prices, is not a good strategy. It's much better to have time in the market. Um, so um, I would say that the common mistakes are all mostly around uh, the, the emotional side um, and, and, um, and a little bit of ego. We always think that we're, we're better than we know how to trade. But in a few months down the line, you look at your performance and you compare to, to PDI, our first index, and um, you, you can't really outperform uh, the index. So uh, when, as soon as people understand that thinking that you, you're really good at trading, it's not really the reality um, they really understand that that's a mistake. So it's, they usually come into um, index investing. Do you want to add in any more mistakes to this, Charles? Uh, I mean, there, there are so many mistakes, that, <laughs> right? Um, investing in assets that you don't really know, not understanding liquidity, not understanding, you know, um, assets that inflate their supply. There, there are millions and it can be such a minefield for people that don't know. There is a reason, if you look at traditional finance, that people do allocate money to indexes, and it's growing. You know, indexes are a fairly new thing. You know, in the last kind of 30, 40 years, index came around. It now manages 18% of, of, of all equity markets uh, in, in AUM, and there's a reason for that, and it's continuing to grow. In crypto, you know, we're going to see that play out. I imagine a world where, let's say, my auntie or, you know, our family members or friends here want to get exposed to DeFi. How are they going to do that? Are they going to go to Coinbase, buy Ethereum, go to MetaMask, then go and buy the assets of Uniswap? I, I can't see that happening. I just can't. 
And it's the same thing in traditional finance. Like, you know, I, I have friends, family members who invest into, you know, equity markets or have exposure to an index, but it's very simple for them to do. They don't have to go and call their broker to like buy Barclays, right? Or Lloyd's, you know, they basically just buy an index that looks after it for them. And they do that through their, their pension plan or ISA, whatever, whatever it may be, or 401k in America. So, you know, that's where we need to be. And to do that, you need to have an index that essentially is the benchmark of the market that people can allocate capital to and not have to go around the active management route. And I think we're going to see that decline in, in, in years to come. Yeah, that makes sense. It goes right along with everything else we see when we talk about growing Web3 is make it easy, fewer steps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Good. Um, I do want to touch a little bit about markets, especially not only <laughs> where we are um, in kind of a bear versus bull market, but also with kind of global finances being what they are today. How do you feel those affect indices? Is it the same kind of effects as on everything else? Is the risk higher or lower or the same? Mm. I mean, what we've seen, you know, recently um, is a strong dollar and that's had a, a negative effect to Bitcoin. I remember back in like 20, I don't know, 16, 17, 18, the whole pitch for Bitcoin was it was like, you know, a, a kind of hedge against um the, the dollar was, and it wasn't correlated to the markets. And now obviously, it, you know, it, it clearly is, which is fine. There's, there's no issues there. But what, I, what I'm kind of seeing at the minute is a very negative and bleak outlook for, for you know, the global economy as at large and that having an effect on crypto. But I don't think that really is propagating the, the downward spiral that we're in. Um, I've seen many kind of uh, up markets, down markets in, in my space so far, in, in my time so far in crypto, um, I, I think it's more that um, we we go through these crazy funding cycles. We've just been through one DeFi summer, you know, absolutely insane. You know, people getting funded for almost anything, um, and now it's time to build, right? And you saw that before in 2017 or 2016, 17. Everybody was getting funded, huge amounts of money. 2018 kind of came, 2019 everything slowed down, and then guess what? 2020 picked up again when we started to see people actually building stuff and utility coming in. I, I kind of expect that to play out here again. Um, and I think we're already seeing it. You know, I know for us, we're building. I know that many other quality projects are building as well. And I believe that what will happen is we'll create shifts of thinking and create things that are so easy to use that it then attracts users back in and then, you know, begins to to grow. So I, I'm not really that kind of, um, I don't think there's this correlation between the the usage and market cap prices of, of the global economy have that much effect with what we're doing at the minute. Um, I could be wrong, but I believe that you know, if we continue to build great things and people want to use it, um, it will be successful regardless. And I think that people love to get involved in that. Wonderful. Yeah. Something else that um, I want to add here, and I think it touches on some some of the previous questions you asked as well, Alex, about on-chain um, on chain indices. Mm -hmm. um, so the indices that we build, they all have composability, right? They're all composable and we can utilize other protocols. What that means is that for our indices, um, if you invest in PDI, for example, you get exposure to the price changes, which is amazing on a, on, on a bull market. And you also get exposure to yield that the underlying assets generate on protocols like urine or Ethereum, for example. This is the case for, for PDI. So you actually have two sources of returns within the index, um, one that is price appreciation, the other one that is 
returns on the underlying assets. And because of this strategy and this architecture that we've built, for investors coming in or investors already exposed to, to PDI, they benefit both in a bull market because you get the price appreciation and then a boost from the underlying yield, but also in a bear market. When prices come down, you have a little bit of a cushion uh, with the yields that come from uh, from the protocols. So um, in terms of the users and the investors coming into the indices, um, they also benefit on, on both sides of the market, bear or bull. So um, I, I would just echo what, what Charles is saying, that we um, we know that it comes ups, ups and downs, and uh, we've built a product that performs no matter uh, the conditions of the market. Mm. I think the, the thing to look out for, Alex, is, and we're seeing this at the minute with Kai, our, our Avalanche Index, is it's now becoming a key piece of infrastructure within the Avalanche ecosystem. So it's being used as collateral and more money. So you can borrow against your 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 position, your LP position. And I think that's a, a key part for indexes to become a really benchmark asset, is to be a standalone asset and then to get kind of integrated into the into the ecosystem that they represent as a key piece of infrastructure and collateral. And I think then uh, once it has that adoption, you will see more usage growing as well. So we're very bullish about that. Um, but we're very bullish about the space as a whole. I know a lot of people are very negative. Um, you know, we understand that we're probably going to be in a bit of a down market for the next year, but that's fine. I mean, is that a bad thing? I mean, I personally really don't like bull markets. They're completely pain in the ass. You can't get through to anyone because everybody's just busy. Um, <laughs> you know, partnerships are really tough because honestly, like everyone's flooded. Um, then you have the greed. Everybody's like making so much money doing other things. They just don't really care about what, you know, what they're really all about. Um, and then it goes away. And I love that because it's like the tide's gone out mm-hmm. and all these people have moved out with it. All these people who are ICO experts are, are gone or IDO experts gone. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I love calling people who are all bummed out. And I say, well, what, why? Like, why, why are you bummed out? This is the perfect time. And the quality conversations we're having now, the access that we're having now, the partnerships we're building out now, I mean, you just wouldn't be able to do back then. And it also forces us to do the hard work. I think before, when everybody has money, it's so easy to pay for a YouTuber to talk about you or to pay for this. And all of a sudden, your market cap grows by X. And it's like, well, what are you focused on? Your market cap? Or are you actually focused on delivering a product that has long-term value? Right now, nobody's focused on market cap. It's all the money that they spend. And I do projects that are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on YouTubers, market makers, exchange listings. Is that what this is all about? I don't think so. I think this is all about building something of value. And then if you do that and you unlock product market fit, which I don't know, 90% of projects have not, you know, then everything else comes from, from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is the time to harness your skills, to harness what you're doing, pivot if it's not working. It's okay to pivot, pivot out of that, try something new um, and, and, and just try different things. There's no harm in that. Um, but what I see is a lot of people who are all like bummed out, crying, <laughs> go on holiday. because They're all like stressed out. You know, it's like, Come on, get get with it. Let's go. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect motivational speech right there. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Um, So another thing that we're seeing a lot of right now, even though (laughs) some people are getting out of this space, everybody is talking about passive income and passive investments. So how do you feel about, uh, how do you feel about the matchup between those ideas? I love passive investment. And I think um, uh, it's one thing that we really try to optimize for. And as Carol mentioned, like we have a partnership with Yarn for PDI. 
So there's a passive a passive return on the back of that from the assets. With with Kai, we're working with uh, uh, you know Trader Joe. We're working with with Benki and Yieldiac, uh, Yieldiac in particular to to generate those those passive returns. And then we're about to launch a product which Karen mentioned at the beginning called the Savings Vault. The Savings Vault is literally a passive focus product. And what we're seeing at the minute is a lot of people looking for market risk who 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 understand that this space is going to go 20x and where it is now and looking to place those bets. Um, but we also see a lot of people holding stable coins and they want to return on their stable coins and they're unhappy with AV and compound getting 0.38%. Like who is happy with that? You can literally make more money in like your bank account right now because the dollar is so strong or, you know, US bonds, or whatever. Like people are unhappy, but people just keep their money there. I don't know why, but we're building out a product that is a stable coin focused product to begin with. That's the first asset that we're going to announce later this week. And that is focused and is powered by Notional to look at the fixed income markets. So we look at three and six month maturities. Um, we blend those together for the for the best the best maturity, and we give that to our investors. So you can automatically make multiples more from what you can from a variable yield, um, benefiting from fixed income. And it can be very confusing doing that, going to going to Notional and trying to manage these maturities yourself. It's a little bit of a minefield. I wouldn't recommend it. But we're bringing out a product that essentially does all of that for you. All you need to do is deposit your stable coin and then receive a premium yield on the back of that passive income. And I really recommend that to people who are not really interested in taking huge risks, but want some of the benefits of DeFi, want some of the benefits of, of managing your own money. And that's what we're going to be bringing out next week. We're really excited to do that. And it's all focused around passive income. So I'm, I'm very excited. And it's a product that you know I've been wanting for a long time. Wonderful. Yeah, that's exciting. I, when you were talking about it, I wasn't sure that it was going to be so soon. That's good, though. <laughs> cool. What tips would you give your younger self first starting out in investments, either in crypto or as a whole? Um, I have two things, um, two, two tips. One is start earlier than you think um, and start with just a small amount. A lot about investing is just getting started. Um, and I started when I was an, an intern, so I didn't have a lot of income. I was just getting started my first paycheck. And um, I, I think I put in maybe like 100 Brazilian reais, which now in, in, um, in pounds is like not even 20 pounds. It's less than that. So I just started with really tiny amounts just to get a feel of what it was. And I think there's a lot of... Um, a lot of the behavior of getting used to getting the money out of your, your your checkings account and into somewhere else that you can't access, you can't spend, but you know it's generating returns. And I think my younger self didn't quite understand the power of doing this early on and the compounding effect of just, just having years, that 20, 20 pounds that I was saying, just sitting there over the years. Of course, it started um, increasing. But um, the power of just leaving it for a long time is a lot stronger than you imagine, especially when you're young. And the other thing I would say is um, I know and I think everyone knows that women and girls, young girls especially, don't think that finances or investing is for them. But it actually is. It's for everybody. And um, if you look at just just, just girls in general, uh, there's a lot of problems with income gap, all of that. But we can do ourselves a favor if we start early investing um, 
and uh, just choosing 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 investment strategies that are not super risky that you're not going to get broke overnight, but um, start early and be bold. Especially this would be my tip for uh, for a younger girl trying to think about her first investment. Wonderful, Charles. All right, I'm not going to give you like you know like oh yeah you know invest little amounts. I think if I look back, I'm going to be honest here. <laughs> But if I looking back, I wish I got a credit card. I wish I borrowed money. I'm not going to be like, oh, I wish I bought Bitcoin because that's just stupid. But I think that you should look at, I think you should go big. I really do. And I think that two things can happen. One is you're going to lose money. It's not the end of the world. Money's money. It'll come and go. Um, but you're going to learn. And you only learn by having risk on. And I've learned the most by doing things and being in positions of risk where I've had to learn. I feel like I've got no choice, but I've got to figure this out because I'm in big trouble otherwise. Um, so I think you have to take a view on something. Don't, don't buy a boring asset like a house when you're young. Don't do that. Invest in stuff that interests you. And for me, I'm very interested by crypto. I love it. I live and breathe it. And I've had, you know, I could, I could go out and buy a house and stuff like that. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in spending as much money as I can and getting rid of every bit of penny, every penny I have. I don't have any money because I invested all. Like I have none. And I, I think that's really important. I think that you should, you should be so obsessed with something and, you know, have such high conviction in something. It doesn't mean that it's just one asset. It could be multiple. And I think that's really how, if you really want to, you know, become successful in investing, it's the only way, especially if you're young, especially if you don't have a lot of capital lying around. Um, I think like the, the conservative move of, of putting a little bit in, it, I mean, it makes sense over like 20 or 30 years. But, you know, if you, if you really want to get going, you know, I, I, I don't see the, the downside in that. I know it's kind of controversial advice, but um, I, I, that's what I'd tell myself. Not controversial Not, at all. Huh? Not controversial at all. I love that. And I love that we have different perspectives. And um, I think it just the tips that we're giving caters for any type of person out there in the world. So um, if someone's a bit more conservative, they can follow mine, start with small. <laughs> or if they want risk and they're bold, definitely follow Charles. Um, you're probably going to make more money. Yeah. Yeah, you'll definitely make more. Or you're going to learn more. <laughs> so confident. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. <sighs> Uh, perfect. Then anything that you want to plug? We already talked a little bit about what's coming up for you, but anything specific you want to plug to the audience right now? Yeah, I think, um, I think there's, there's lots of things. Um, I think number one, if you're in the space or if you're looking to get into the space, like look at the way to go about that. And I think the way to go about that at the minute is to buy Bitcoin, to buy Ethereum, and then buy other layer ones out there that you believe in. And then to look at the ecosystems. Now, what's cool about Ethereum is it actually has a very big ecosystem. And that's how we're able to do a sector index in Ethereum. The reason we don't have a sector index for Avalanche is it, it's still very early. Like, I can't, I, like, if we did a sector ecosystem in Avalanche, we'd have like one asset or two assets in, in the sector that have to follow our liquidity criteria and market cap. And that's because it's young. So that's why we focus on the ecosystem as a whole. Um, so I, I think that look into this, research this. And then, like, generally ask yourself, like, can you manage all of this yourself? Um, and maybe do something where you're like, right, I've got, I don't know, X, X, Y, Z capital. Let me put half I manage myself. Let me put half into an index. Give it, like, six months or whatever and just see how you come out. You know, we've had months now performance-wise, and you can go to Zarion and check this with PDI, where we've outperformed Bitcoin and Ethereum. 
and all the other you know indexes that are in the space. Now that's not because there's there's you know magic source or there's like a secret potion or an algorithm that's doing some secret thing. It's just from the methodology that we follow, and and then obviously that's boosted by the returns that we have. Um, so yeah, I, I implore people to look into it. You know, take it seriously. For some reason, I I still don't understand what people in crypto are really like. They love the idea of like managing everything themselves. I think it's this like innate um i don't know like some sort of like cliche that they have to like be a dj and like you know <laughs> trade everything themselves and like it's it's really cool i don't think it is that cool i think it's pretty uncool and i think that if you want to be cool you should buy an index <laughs> are you just gonna be like school bully of people into <laughs> getting index <laughs> funds that's great i'm not i'm only here to, to show the truth and i i don't don't take my word for it look into it, you know, prove me wrong. Tweet me. Like I love Twitter or tweet us. Like if you, if you think what we're saying is incorrect, like I love to hear from you. Hit me up. Good. Carl, anything to add? No, I think Charles um, touched on, on some really good points here. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Then who do you think we should have on Benley expert talks next? Um, so uh, I'm gonna be a bit biased here, but um, one of the one of the projects that are amazing, and I think they're, they're doing a really good job in, in in changing how how their sector is working, is Notional. Um, so they're a fixed rate lending and borrowing protocol, um, and that's dramatically different from variable rates. And they're coming up the ladder and just going really quickly. They're building something amazing there, which has a different approach to uh, the usual suspects um, in, in lending and borrowing. And I think that it would be great to have them to talk about why this is such a big difference here and why fixed rate is superior than variable rates. I don't think people really understand that. So bringing awareness and shedding a light on uh, the power of fixed rates um, would be would be amazing. I would suggest having Notional. And they're also great speakers. We had a, an AMA with them recently, and the insights that they brought were golden. So that's um, that's my suggestion. Yeah. Sure is. All the people that know their stuff are really dry, and all the people that don't know their stuff are not dry. So I don't know how I fit within that. Um, so I think that I think you should probably get two people on. That would be cool. You could have like have like a, a battle, so to speak, you know, and 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 really provide some entertainment. Yeah, you could have someone like Notional One, uh, Colony. They're another partner of ours, or Yearn. I mean, all these guys are working so hard in the space and have something really interesting to add. Uh, one one interesting thing, if you really want to get into a topic that's interesting, as aside from rates like fixed versus variable, is like what's going on with the wallets and how they're moving forward. So we've partnered with a ton of wallets. Tally's pretty cool. Uh, they're a really cool team. Maybe getting a few different wallets on and having them kind of pitch their piece over why they think they're the best. They all think they're the best. So maybe do that. Or different indexes. We would be up for that. Let's get all the different index providers on and let's go. Let's see. Let's talk about indexes. Right. I don't think they would be up for it. We would be up for it. I'm not saying this in a competitive sense. I mean, to bring more awareness to our space. Yeah, we yeah. would love that. No, I like it. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll hit you guys up for that in the future. Definitely. Cool. Let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> Perfect. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been very informative and not that dry. So don't stress about that. Uh, 
much, Alex. We've really enjoyed our discussion today and, uh, you know, we'd love to come on again and, you know, give you an update, everything that we're working on. And maybe we can have it uh, a bit more focused or a bit more open on like what's happening and give you some crazy thoughts. Definitely. Alex, thank you so much for having us. It's been lovely to have this conversation with you. Looking forward to the next ones. Awesome. Great. Brilliant. Bye. If you liked today's episode, please rate, follow, or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you really like our content, join our Discord community, where there's always good conversation, exciting news, and live AMAs. Thanks for listening.